Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name is Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by regular contributor Daniel O'Dwyer. Now it's Wednesday morning and I feel it's important to mention this because given the week that we've had, this is probably the show that's most likely to go out of date as we're recording it, which has never really happened before. It sometimes happens that we have a nighttime show and we're, you know, the Champions League's on or something like that, but it almost never happens in the morning. But this has not been a, a normal week. Yeah, it was a difficult one to prepare for. I was ready to ready to come in and have a good rant about the Super League, but thankfully that's all gone to shit now. It's been, <laughs> it's been a mad few days, Ted. <laughs> that was it. I mean, like, we, we usually try not to have a, a partisan approach on, on this. We really do. We try, and, we try not to take one particular side and say this is right or this is wrong, but... And I can't say personally I know any football fans that were happy about this and I'm glad that it, it fell on its arse. I really am totally glad it fell on its arse. Absolutely. I mean it would it would just it would, I mean there's so much so much to talk about, we'll get into it yeah. in a couple of minutes, but it just would have destroyed football as we know it. I yeah. mean in in every way possible, like for, for the domestic leagues, the Champions League, but most importantly the fans who are the most important people in football. That's like, it. As we've seen in the last year without fans in the stadium, just football isn't the same without the fans. The fans can't be underestimated, so... Exactly. Under, undervalued, even. Exactly, undervalued. Yeah, definitely. Well, given that one of the main takeaways from this last week has been the overwhelming presence of ball bags in the beautiful game, <laughs> we'd like to remind you that support for the Get Spanish Football News show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Isn't that right, Daniel? That's absolutely right. And Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> Manscaped is, is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and you can join the movement. For all your below the waist needs and uh, we also have an offer as well so you can get 20% off and free delivery with the code gsfn at manscaped.com that's it so it's just started in the uk so i'm not entirely sure about ireland but definitely if you're in the uk use the code gsfn at manscaped.com you get 20% off and free delivery some of the features that stand out for you uh, daniel of awesome. these, these products some some great features i quite like that the the battery lasts up to 90 minutes go for a, a nice long one take my time an entire entire football game as well entire football game yeah <laughs> shaving away and gro- grooming away and watching the game <laughs> nothing better that's it well I don't know about you Daniel but I'm a big fan of uh, Star Trek and I've always been fascinated by their ability to predict the future so they predicted the advent of video calls all the way back in the 1960s um, they famously predicted a United Ireland back in 1990. One thing they did fail to foresee was the waterproof razor technology that allows you to groom in the shower, which is exactly what Manscaped offer. It's just always a bit smoother, isn't it? A bit smoother. Well, I mean, it's, you can multitask as well. They always say men can't multitask, but now you can because you've yeah. got a razor that you can use in the shower. What as about well. those? What about those LED lights as well? <laughs> but that's one of the ones I was thinking originally. Like, you know, what use would that serve unless you're you know, going in the dark, which I, you know, I've never really, if you're really in a rush and there's a blackout or something like that, what you could use it, but it does kind of make sense. No matter what part of your, your body you're using it on, it does help to have a wee bit more, wee bit more light because it's fairly, fairly dark down there. You know, there's a blackout as well. You've, you've not got a lot to do. At least you can, you can do that. It kills some time. Exactly. So they're, nice. they're helping men be productive as well. Nice option to have. <laughs> Very good. So remember, 20% off and free delivery with the code GSFN at manscaped.com. Now, we're going to continue talking about um, ball bags because we've all seen the news regarding the Super League. Um, Tuesday night, I would probably say, was the moment where everything more or less unravelled. Uh, that's when the six English teams pulled out and I think that was probably the... You don't want to be too... We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves or be overly confident, but I would say that's the moment where the, the final nail kind of get put in the coffin without those six English teams. What's the reaction been to this in Spain? Not, not as bad as I'd expected. 
it's it's kind of strange. I mean, obviously we've seen English fans all over in protests and going crazy. All the players coming out speaking. Like, I mean, Andrew Herrera, Spanish players come out and spoken as well, but I haven't really seen anything as extreme in Spain. And I was kind of trying to think about it. You could kind of take each club individually as to why their reaction wasn't so bad. I don't know about you, but I mean, firstly, if you look at Barcelona, I mean, there was a, a title and headline in, in Marca basically saying Barca see this as a, a lifeboat, if you will, or as, yeah, a little uh, a way to save their financial issues, which, again, I, as a fan, I wouldn't want to see it happen, but as someone in Barcelona, I could kind of understand, obviously, all the financial issues and it's a way to hold on to Messi. It would still be horrible for football, but you could see them, you could see them wanting that for that reason. And... With Real Madrid, I don't know, what do you think about Real Madrid? Well, I think, obviously, yeah, definitely the, the, the money thing, and we're going to get into that later because Perez has been at the heart of all this, but I think one of the big differences between the Spanish clubs and the English clubs is, is the money issue. I have no doubt at all that see if the priority for Abramovich had been money. I reckon he would have put his foot down. I don't think he would have bailed as fast as what he did. But I don't think the priority was really money for them. I think there were other things kind of pushing that, and, you know, that's... It remains to be seen, you know, what the conversations were between those owners because it's, it's so opaque, the whole thing, we don't, we don't really know. But in Spain, I think um, some of the reluctance that we've seen to back down from the owners ultimately comes down to the financial question. You mentioned Barcelona, the debt that they have. Perez mentioned the amount of money that Madrid have lost over the last few years. And I think that can also uh, explain maybe the fan reaction as well in some places as well. I think the fans are also thinking about money. I still think the majority of football fans are against this, but I did think the reaction in Spain has been softer if you yeah, compare it to other countries. Far softer. I mean, yeah, talking about Real, I mean, part of it is definitely people just kind of being very loyal and supportive of Perez in general. Um, part of it is, I mean, they have, they've always had that, that galactico aspect and they don't want to see their club going into real financial problems. Like, they want to have those big Galactico signings. They want the Mbappes, they want the Haalands. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it. And I don't know, just Real Madrid is obviously a very powerful club. That's probably something the fans fans like. So, yeah, if this big Super League of elite teams is going to happen, they'd want to see Real Madrid there. Yeah, that's it. Um, and now I think when it comes to Atletico, it's an interesting one. Because I was, I was reading some reasons why Atletico joined, and that might make the most sense. Atletico have obviously always been kind of in the shadow of Real and Barca and if these two are joining they don't want to be kind of left behind if they're leaving the league like they want to be up there as powerful as them like getting the same kind of financial benefits so they can compete with the biggest clubs again I don't I don't support the Super League at all but from an Atletico point of view I could understand why the club would want to be involved Atletico remind me of Manchester City in many ways because I think you've got the two sides of this thing you know you've got probably there's a Big, big size of the big chunk of the support that would say, well, we we've always lived in the shadow of, of Madrid, and we should do something about that. We should be more like them, and you know, tr- you know, they are very angry that they haven't won these Champions Leagues and they don't have the history, quote unquote, that, that Madrid does. There's another side of the Atletico support that says, well, we don't want to be like them. That's the point. You remember that banner when they played uh, Madrid a few years ago when uh, they were they were three 0 down in the Champions League, and they were like trying to come back in the second leg and they had a big banner that said orgullosos de no ser como vosotros <laughs> proud to not be like you and that's a that's a big part of the Atletico identity as well they're not Real Madrid but nor do they want to be Yeah. so this I thought would have been a moment where you know that would have been you know the 
you would have seen a bit more of that. But I don't know. I think that the divide in the athletical support has really um, been there for all to see in the last week, yeah. last few days. Because it's I think there are some there were elements of athletical support that I have to say were would have been happy with this kind of situation. And that's it. That's kind of the dilemma. There is definitely that that aspect among a lot of the supporters. They don't want to be like Real Madrid or exactly like that. But there's also in everyone's mind an element of we don't want to be left behind if they are booted from from the league from the Champions League like if they are advancing I'm not going to say exactly advancing because I don't think I know what you mean though, the Super yeah. League is whatever it's viewed if, if it was going to be viewed as this elite league they don't want to be left behind like yeah the, the, the whole La Liga the financial aspect of La Liga would have been would have gone to shit as well like it just yeah. it would have been a disaster for everyone that's it but over the next few weeks I think you know we'll probably have a continued conversation about this identity crisis in, in Atletico and uh, we're all talking about Madrid I think the reason we're all talking about Madrid more than the other the other two clubs is because I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that Perez became the sort of villain of the of, of the piece earlier this week because unlike the other owners he came out and defended himself which made for some spectacular television, I have to say. He, <laughs> he, he, he came out and defended himself on, on a... He made a late-night appearance on a show called El Chiringuito de Jugones. Now, for those of you that don't live in Spain, El Chiringuito de Jugones is a sort of... How to explain? It's a kind of late-night football show. And I use the word football with extreme caution because it's not so much a show dedicated to football as it is like a kind of late-night ramy between shouty partisan journalists who spend about 99% of the time talking about gossip... Uh, who said what to who, whose partner did what on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, uh, what's happening on players' social media accounts, etc., as opposed to real football. It's kind of like Big Brother's Big Mouth with a wee bit of football <laughs> kind of thrown in. And um, <clears throat> on Monday, Perez kind of rocked up to the show around midnight. I don't know what time it was exactly. It was pretty late. Probably around midnight to defend the plans for the Super League. And he came out with a few let's say questionable statements which you know have already been, been been shot down but I mean what were some of the things that stood out for you on this show I mean the the first thing first thing I saw that was was just outrageous was him claiming that young people are getting bored or aren't interested in football anymore and yeah saying that I mean that that couldn't be further from the truth like during Covid without without football for a couple of months we were all going crazy and now with football that's one of the main things getting us through it exactly but um I mean, yeah, this this idea of uh, they'd rather watch Man City against Barcelona every year or something rather than Man City against a lesser or, he said, a more modest Champions League team. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see City against Barcelona, but the fact that that's organised and that's going to happen every year, there's no relegation, no, well, five teams promoted more or less. There's no relegation for these founding teams. It takes away the magic of when Man City do draw Barcelona, Real Madrid in the Champions League. Exactly. Yeah, 15 teams are ring-fenced. Yeah. Five can come in based on merit, which I believe was a coefficient system, which is just nonsense as yeah. well. But, you know, the 15, the 15 original teams that were planned were ring-fenced. And uh, this thing about young people, I know I've actually got one of another thing he said about young people here. I've got the exact quote. Youngsters play video games, so find football matches too long. If young people find football matches too long, it may be because they're not interesting enough. Uh, or maybe we might have to make football matches shorter is another thing he said so shorten the you know that's absolutely ridiculous oh there's like <laughs> nothing more exciting than a bit of extra time penalties like keep, I know. keep it going longer like, <laughs> I know the problem is I don't know where he's got that from <laughs> it is a kind of I would say it's a sort of um, I think that's a kind of recurring 
sort of criticism that's been that's levelled at young people that we don't have a long like, attention span. It's young people watch the Joe Rogan or listen to the Joe Rogan podcast for four hours. Yeah, if Mike Tyson's on it, you know, <laughs> like they'll, they'll sit and listen to that's it, it you know, for four hours. And you know, the the watch uh, Ibai does his streams in Spain. You know, the the gamer he does his streams for like three hours, four hours. It's not a question of attention span. It's you know. And even when it comes to just football alone, we're going to watch the 90 minutes, we're going to watch the pundits at halftime, watch the pundits for another hour after. Yep. If we were that bored, we'd just turn it off as soon as the game is finished. I know. And you look at the prominence of uh, YouTubers, football and YouTubers as well. One of my favourites is Miguel Quintana, and he was on yesterday, uh, made a, a, lot, you know, a really good point, which I think gets to the kind of heart of the issue. He says, we're always talking about business and money in football. It's important. I accept that it's part and parcel of the game. You know, it's... it's I'm not suggesting that it's not, but it's so tiring. It's so tiring to be constantly um, talking about the business side of things and the money side of things, apart from the the, the real game. Um, and we're always being asked by people like Perez, and, and he's not the only one. You know, he, he's the villain of the piece because he stuck his head above the parapet this week. But we're always being told that we have to understand the decisions that are being made by business people. And when we're angry at things, the fans, you said earlier, the people that matter. When we're angry at the cost of tickets, um, at the fact that if you go to the Atletico Madrid shop, how much is a shirt? Yeah, it's about hundred euros. Yeah, easily. If you want, you if you got a, a, a little boy or a little girl and you want to buy them a top and it's a hundred hundred euros, like we're angry about stuff like that. We're angry about the growing inequality of the leagues. If you're a Levante supporter and you've got an away game at one of the big three, you know you're probably going to get hammered. Well, not this season because Levante won it at Real Madrid, <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I, I've seen Levante lose eight 0 at the Bernabeu yeah. and. You know, just pastings, getting taken absolute pastings. When we're angry at growing inequality, when we're angry at the, at the ticket prices and all that, we're told that it's a necessary part of the evolution of football. And it never goes the other way. And that's it, yeah. I mean, the, the whole Super League is obviously just about money and greed, but they're not thinking about the fans. But like you said, the money that fans pay for tickets, for, for jerseys, whatever, if they join that Super League and the fans just protest or go against it, if there are no fans, there is no money, full stop. Yeah, I know, that's it. Like, I mean, it's... Florentino Perez lives in Spain as well. In Spain, 40% of young people don't have a job. I think it's 39.9% of young people don't have a job. It's the highest like figure in Europe for youth yeah. unemployment. 3.4 million people in Spain who do have work earn a grand a month. Euros, not pounds. A, a thousand euros a month. And before the pandemic, a ticket for Madrid was about what? I remember last time I was going, the, the, low, the really lowly games were 40 still minimum and then went up 50 60 against kind of mid table but looking at against atletico barca absolute minimum 120 yeah right i mean the the reality is and i think this you know i I don't think i'm making too controversial a statement is that a significant chunk of the population has been frozen out of football financially it's too expensive for a considerable amount of time so instead of asking us to like understand what, what 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 they're going through you know uh, Florentino Perez said the other day um, they've lost 400 million euros in the past two years and then in the same interview he dropped sense about sending Mbappe and yeah, Haaland that's it having that's, a laugh that's, about that's it. the thing yeah this is, he says yeah that was what he was saying this Super League will cover all the all the Covid losses and that well just yeah don't don't be signing all these superstars or just the inflation needs to stop just lower, lower the wages first yeah. and foremost yeah lower the wages and yeah it's just it's crazy so, so much more can be done than just to make this elite super league that benefits no one but these 12 billionaires yeah 
it's yeah, it's just insane. I always think that yeah, Arsene Wenger's always a man, and you know, you're a fan of Arsenal and that. Arsene Wenger's a man I think you should listen to on, on these things. And you know, he did a very good interview during during the last lockdown, and he, he said that he pointed out that in the Premier League, which is a pretty good model of you know the, the amount of money that you spent in the Premier League is pretty obscene, yeah. I would say. About sixty to eight percent of the like the turnover in a club is basically spent on the on the players' wages. So have a look at that before you start, you know, with, with your super leagues and that. I think the the solution has to be the players' wages. If sixty to eighty percent of what the club spends going towards players' salaries, I think that you know look more towards that direction. Yeah, so look at like you know raising ticket prices and that. And the cheek to be talking about signing Mbappe in Holland. Uh, in the same in the same, in the same breath <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's almost in the same breath that um you know yeah we're, we've lost 400 million euros in the last two years and you're still talking about saying that the 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 world's best players that's somebody that's out of touch with reality and yeah out of touch with reality as well what why are they going to want to go there if they're getting if they're, if they're not going to be able to play Champions League domestic league world cup euros for their country yeah it's just it's also just not going to be attractive I, that's why I think as well if it would if it had happened i yeah. think a lot of the big players would have left because yeah. the dream the dream for people is win the Champions League win the World Cup win the Euros like, yep. the dream is not win some elite Super League that may not exist again in 10 years when they all come crawling back yeah that's even, it. I don't know players even players who want individual stats like I don't know top scorers in certain leagues top scorer in the Champions League why are you going to waste 5-10 years in, in the Super League when it might just disappear then and all of a sudden the stats don't matter that's it Yep, yep. I mean, you, we could we could literally go on about this all day, and there are so many facets of it. There are so many layers to it. But go back to what I said at the, at the beginning. I'm so glad that it fell on its ass. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's good. Was prop. I was, I was very upset for a couple of days. There's one thing actually. I was watching Mundo Maldini, one of his YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and there was one thing that really hit home. Um, that yeah, I just oh wow. He was talking about imagine like a little kid in in Moscow, or like, let's let's like let's make it Spanish, right? Imagine. Someone grown up being, I'd say, a Betis fan all their life and dreaming, dreaming of playing, I don't know, Juventus, United, Liverpool in the Champions League or in Europe. And just imagine this Super League just making you know that that dream is now impossible. Yeah. That can never happen. Obviously, it's unlikely. I mean, it could happen, but if the Super League didn't exist, but just knowing that that dream is impossible, everything you're living for. Imagine if you saw Shevchenko score, if you're in Ukraine and you saw Shevchenko scored in the hat trick at the Camp Nou, that would yeah. be me one day. Yeah. No, it exactly. won't be. <laughs> exactly. You know when it's the magical nights like Wanyama, the night of fell over Wanyama, the two one win for Celtic against Barcelona. Amazing. Got to see Dundalk this year, Irish team playing against Arsenal in Europe. Like that couldn't happen again. It's just takes away everything we love about football. Utterly stupid. So yes, very glad that it fell in its arse. Anyway, um shall we move on to some football? Yeah. Let's talk about football. <laughs> I think that's that's been a fair chunk uh, dedicated to that, but necessary. Um now there's football tonight. Again, we remind you, this is Wednesday, so the landscape may well have changed by the time you're listening to this, uh, particularly at the top. In fact, at the bottom as well, because it's very, very tight in the, in the bottom bottom four or five. It's still interesting to talk about the weekend's games just there and, and the possible impact of those. Real Madrid, we'll, we'll start with them, because we've, we've spoken a lot about them, so we're, we'll, we'll, we'll continue and then we'll leave them for, uh, for a while. Real Madrid drew 0-0 against Getafe. Now, assessing the damage of that, it doesn't erase the win of El Clasico, which was a great, great win for them, but it's a big blow, really big blow for them. It doesn't erase the win, but it, it is a massive blow. Just tip, typical Real when they're when they're under the pressure, they do the business in the Champions League. They win El Clasico, 
and then they go and drop points against Getafe. And I don't know, for me, they just they, they didn't even look impressive. I mean, they had they had the disallowed goal, but apart from that, Getafe had, had far more chances in general. Of course, mm. Wall made some great saves, but I don't know, it was a, a massive opportunity when they were just breathing down Atletico's neck. Like, if they'd won that, they would have been a point behind. They yeah. put the pressure on, so it's definitely two points dropped for Real. But, but then just the kind of bad performance, they then came out after the game and said, I don't know what went wrong, but something went wrong with the whole way they, they approached it. Um, I mean, they, 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 the, the best chance undoubtedly was when they had the ball in the back of the net with Mariano. Um, you know, that was a big, big chance. But I'd say Getafe looked superior at, yeah. at various points in the game. Um, yeah, looks far more likely to score. Yeah. Just for the record, Mariano, you know, he was a ball here offside, which is a quick reminder <laughs> that you can get 20% off plus free delivery with our uh, sponsors uh, Manscaped GSFN is the code that you need to use at manscaped.com but yeah he was uh, he was very very uh, very very close to, to scoring that to be honest a few years ago it probably would have been a goal but Gaddafi looked, um, looked pretty good so and obviously we were talking about this before this, this injury problem that they've got now yeah now their midfield is looking looking a little bare for the game against against Caddies tonight which... 20% off at uh, manscaped.com <laughs> But I mean, yeah, like we've got Modric, Modric, Cruz, and and Valverde out. Is that midfield? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Modric, Cruz, Valverde, Mendy, Vasquez, and the, this is all for the game tonight. I mean, like someone could possibly come back out like the weekend, but I, not. just as well. They, that's it's a fixture they've already lost. Well, they lost Cadiz earlier on in the season, so. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. Wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if they dropped another couple of points tonight. Yeah, whoever's listened to this probably knows the result already. But I mean, I'd fancy. I would have fancied Madrid to win this one before they went into it, just because of when the chips are down, kind of thing, and it's yeah. at that kind of squeaky bum time. I oh, know. I I definitely still fancy them, but I just it wouldn't be the biggest shock no. if, if if they managed to drop points. That's it. Atletico, on the other hand, for all the doom and gloom that we've had in the last four. Month, two yeah. months, like two months, really, yeah, yeah, pretty much two months. Pushing, just pushing on, pushing on three, really. Yeah. Since since Trippier's ban started, really, it's all gone downhill gradually. Really, that game against Delta when they lost the goal in the last minute, yeah, um, was steady kind of decline, and yeah, yeah. So five no win there against, oh, be against a bar, but you still got to win the yeah, games. You've got to win. I mean, yeah. they they won by five. It's a, it's an emphatic win, regardless. Right, probably the most dominant performance we've seen from them in in a couple of months. Yep. Angel Angel dog lead with a great performance. <laughs> Angel Correa. Angel Correa. Yeah. Correa in Spanish is dog lead, literally. Yeah. In, big angel dog lead. Yeah. Amazing uh, yeah. performance. And Llorente as well, you were, you were saying was a, one you picked out as a standout performer. Yeah. A brace from each of them. Assist from Correa with Correa's second goal. Oh, I had a great little turn and put it put it away. Oh, it was a great little turn and finish. But yeah, Llorente looked good as well. Carrasco as well. No, it just looked like a much better performance all round from Atletico. Yep. Defensively as well, well, in the way that they didn't really have much to do because they blocked it all out. Don't think Black made a single save. Mm. So hopefully they'll gather a bit of momentum. They've got Elche now this weekend, who, again, a relegation fighting team. You'd expect them to win, but I mean, if they can just perform similarly to that, hopefully they'll build a bit of momentum yep. before the the game against Barca in, in, yeah, in two or three weeks. Yeah, so very good. Yeah, like I think um, I think they'll be feeling hopefully confident going into that game. Um, Barca, how will Barca be feeling? Barca will be feeling great. I reckon they're still still my favourites. I've been saying it for a little while. I know they're I'm saying it for a long time. Five points off, but with a game in hand. But after that, oh, there's just it's just a different spring in their steps since since the new year. 
they've barely dropped any points Messi has just been a man on an absolute mission I think I say it every week but it seems like he's just getting better and better every week the second goal as well 59 passes we were going mental at the Sevilla goal yeah uh, earlier in the season with 36 passes I think when De Jong scored which was a great goal to see and all that but uh, 59 passes they couldn't get a touch and uh, just brilliant utterly brilliant from uh, from them they looked like kind of Barca of old yeah sort of De Jong thing, so. as well De Jong looked unbelievable Griezmann played very well as well there was one one ball as well that probably go under the radar one little ball from Messi through to Griezmann in the first half that was absolutely outrageous mm. just the vision like no no, I don't think anyone else would have seen that pass let alone played it yeah I don't know I think Barcelona will be full of confidence now I think Unai, Unai Simon's the only only Bilbao man we can talk about from that game to be fair if it wasn't for him made two or three unbelievable saves from very close range against Busquets and, and Griezmann as well so it could have been far worse but yeah they just they just weren't there Messi as well to just a, a quick mention became the top scorer in Copa del Rey finals 10 goals now overtaking Bilbao legend of all people yep. Thomas Aras Zara yeah yeah, yeah. Zara. you run out of superlatives to, to describe the guy so yeah brilliant brilliant stuff from Barcelona and Daniel reckons that the, you, you you have been seriously you're not jumping on some kind of bandwagon you've been saying it for quite a while that you think that they're favourites for it so I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if Atletico building that. Ultimately, it's still in Atletico's hands. It. Yeah, it is in Atletico's hands. It's, it's theirs to lose, and I want I want Atletico to do it. But yeah. I, th- I think Barca will. But we'll see what happens on the on the ninth of May. That's it. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Sevilla because I think they're possible dark horses um, for this, and that's not a very popular opinion if you read the the Spanish papers, but they are. Yeah. They are, they're, you, they're you, in with a shout. You've been talking about Sevilla for a long time. Yeah. I remember it must have been our first or second show together when you said, I think Sevilla will come third this year. That's it. And now they're looking like they could could potentially do better than that. That's it. Well, the, the Sevilla ABC um, is the only publication I've seen who are talking about their possible title chances. And I'm like, I'm not going to bet on it, but like, look at the numbers of this. And by the way, if they lose to Levante tonight, uh, just forget everything, just fast forward five minutes, right? <laughs> But the they've they're more than likely to beat their all time record points tally of seventy six in a single season. That's their record, right? Twelve off that now with seven seven games to go. That's it. So yeah, so they're on yeah, exactly. Yeah, four wins, a draw, two losses. Very exactly. doable. Exactly. Exactly. So they they get into put a few good results together. They're on some run. Put a few good results together. As they point out in Sevilla ABC, why not go into these last three games with at least the possibility of, of winning the league? Uh, it's totally doable if they, if they maintain a run. They've put a good few runs together, yeah. um, you know, solid runs together this season. And, um, you know, why not go for it? They've got the best form in the league right now as well in the last five. They've been playing great football as well. It's not yeah. even about the results, like just, yeah, in Copa del Rey in the league. That's it. And yeah. they've more or less, I mean, touch wood, I'm not going to change it like they've pretty much ensured Champions League football at an absolute minimum 15 points clear of the RL with 7 to go so yeah they're not going to let that slip we have seen some late season collapses I mean the Real Sociedad had a, had one after when, they, when we came yeah. back after the pandemic last year um, but yeah you, you look at their form and stuff like that you know it's it would be it would be great to see them kind of continue that on. As I say, if you listen to this and they've already lost to Levante, just just forget everything we just said. <laughs> but it would be it would be nice to see. And uh, what do you think about maybe? Do you think we should maybe deduct the the top three of it ten points anyway, just for, for this nonsense? Absolutely, I think they should do that in all the leagues. Even even as an Arsenal fan, I think they should be punishing all the teams. And oh, imagine that 
they deduct the 10 points that'd be <laughs> they'd be favourites they'd be well favourites yeah absolutely oh. yeah yeah they're, they're, they're close enough to it so yeah I'd take the 10 points off them well I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Sevillista for, the, for <laughs> the, the rest of the season okay preview of this weekend now I think we're going to be terribly predictable here do you think so? Um, I'll start off with something less less predictable okay. than the teams we've been talking about. I'll pick. Uh, I'll start off with a little pick of Wesca Wesca against Getafe okay. on Sunday at two o'clock because um, that's the kind of the closest thing we have to a relegation match, yeah. a relegation battle match. So Wesca are sitting seventeenth on 27, 27 points, just four points behind Getafe, or fifteenth on thirty one. So Wesca who have been bottom and in the relegation for pretty much the entire season just jumped out a couple of weeks ago they had two wins in a row before they lost Alaves last last week so building some somewhat a bit of form compared to what they had done previously so Getafe who they just haven't they haven't won they've won one in their last 13 games they've drawn four and lost one in their last in the last five so I mean Wesker it's, it's a tough game but they could get something out of it yeah, I mean, Katafe won. They beat them earlier on in January. That's actually their their second most recent win in the league. Hmm. Was against Wesker in January. So, I don't know. It's I don't think it'll be the prettiest match of the weekend, but it'll be an important one for both teams. Nothing with Katafe is ever the prettiest. No, <laughs> really, almost always fit. But it's, it's usually exciting. It's a bit like watching the old firm derby, Rangers and Celtic. You know, you, you don't watch that game for quality. <laughs> you watch it for some kind of entertainment. And Katafe usually will give you some kind of entertainment. So, yeah, I think it's a perfectly good pick um, Real versus Barcelona is your other pick no surprises there huge huge game Real full of confidence after their 5-1 win against Levante and Barca similarly after their their uh, Copa del Rey win mm-hmm. I was actually doing a, doing a bit of research last night just just interested in uh, when the last time Real beat them when the last time they beat them at home was it's been it's been a while could, I, could, I, could you hazard a guess? Any ideas when you, you reckon the last time Villarreal beat Barcelona when they were at home? I think you've got me here, but it'll, it'll be a long time ago. It'll be way longer than what you think, I imagine. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the right track there. Depends what you mean. I mean, I would have thought in the last 10 years, it's more than 10 years. So in the last 10 years, so it was pre... I mean, it couldn't possibly have been... I remember when Raquel May had a masterclass against them. It can't possibly have been that long ago. He was not playing, but it was a, a he similar, was in the squad. similar time. Maybe it was six or something like that. No, okay, it was um, it was October two thousand seven. A three one, a three one win, and a few a few Arsenal boys, a few of my boys involved there, because eh? Orr actually scored in the second minute. Ah, I think right, Senna, okay. Senna scored two penalties as well, but uh, Pires was there as well, Pascal Pas- Sijan, right. and on the other side, Henri was there, and Silvino came on as well. So, Oceana. yeah, it's been it's been a while. I can't believe that. Yeah, oh seven, God, a long, long time. Yeah. Um, would you find something to trip up this time? Barcelona. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, they're just they're absolutely flying. Just every time I watch them, they just they just look better in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. I think they've still only dropped. What, two, is there only two points in, in 2021 in the league something similar to that and just Messi just looks like I mean, I'm just saying like a broken record just looks like a man on a mission Yeah. and he just he wants to win that title especially was thinking imagine if again don't want to talk with Super League but if that was going to happen they'd all be rearing to win potentially the last La Liga for a while if they were all booted but <laughs> I just think Messi Messi can't be stopped right now No. and if he shows up which I expect him to I, I think Barca will win not very comfortably but I think they'll win by 
by two or three goals. Okay, okay, oh, bold prediction there. Right, okay. Very lastly, Real Madrid versus Betis. We've already mentioned Real Madrid's injury problems, but um, just for the interest of time, would you reckon? Bet? Uh, I mean, do you reckon Real Madrid will sweep them away, kind of thing? Yeah, I, re- I reckon they will. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I, t- I don't know. I don't know when when everyone's back. To be honest, Modric and I, I'm not sure if they're back for the weekend. It's true because we've got a game to play, and then it's you know obviously this weekend game. But, but... no, I, I would still, I would still fancy Real. I don't know. You'd, it'd be interesting to see how the players perform tonight against Cadiz and that with everything that's going on mm. in in the world with the with the Super League and that. But no, either, either way, I would still would still back Real. Okay. Although they might have one one eye on on the Champions League fixture as well. Yeah. You know, but Betis we've unpredictable. They've had three straights again. Time of recording, they've had three straight draws. So possibly not the best form, but they're you know they're they're. I think it's been been a pretty good season from their point of view. So we'll see what happens. Honestly, you know I'm not a betting man, Dud. You know I'm not a betting man. So, but yeah. Uh, okay, well that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Get Spanish Football News and visit our website at Get Football News Spain for all the latest on what's happening in Spanish football. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.